Let's just Barry Wolf. We're, you've got a, I think we've got a very special episode of Wolf Bites here today. I've got Larry Haber, a preeminent attorney, real estate attorney up in New York City. Uh, he's got the Leasing Reality podcast he runs and does webinars, educational sessions. Literally, as it comes to leasing, Larry, you're, you're the guy to go to. We've just been okay. chatting. I'm, I'm one, one of the guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you and I were just talking offline. Now we hit the record button, so we're going to bring all the, our friends into the party. So we were talking, obviously, you know, what's going on. You're working with landlords, with tenants, with lenders. What are you seeing out there right now? I mean, we're, you're kind of early, you know, not even one week into May. Uh, we talked about, you know, this is going to be a critical month as it relates to leasing, as it relates to leases. What are you, what are you seeing out there right now? Uh, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot of landlords subject to their banks playing the game with them and, and hoping that there's going to be more government intervention so that they're the fourth dance partner in the equation with landlords and tenants, realizing that price capitulation is a good thing. And, it, and it's all over the place. Is the landlord big or small? Is the tenant big or small? Is, is the landlord buying into my drive-in movie theater theory? That is, having vacant space is the equivalent of going to a drive-in movie theater by yourself in a taxi cab with the meter running, paying for a babysitter, not having Purell a mask, you know, or gloves on. It makes no sense. And they'd rather have a good percentage of something rather than 100% than nothing. It's yeah, a hell of a Right now is not a good thing. Agreed. Yeah, yeah it's not. And, and I'm, I'm having, listen, on, when, the, when there's only a short term remaining, relatively speaking, on the lease, I'm having more luck getting free rent because the landlords don't necessarily need, as long as they negotiated their mortgage documents fairly decently, they don't need the lender consent to do an extension of the lease where they're given some free rent. It's easy. And then we're accelerating some of that free rent into the now, okay, so to speak, where I'll give, you know, three months of free rent now, whether in half or full month increments, and then when the extension period comes or just over the next 12 months, some of that increments. So it makes it a hell of a lot easier. I'm are, you just, I've heard many, of are you seeing many tenants willing to do extensions right now? I'm, I'm seeing that as a stumbling block in a, in a lot of instances. They don't want to- well, it, It's buy. whether it's short term or long term. Yeah. There's, you know, it, you know I, I see some where the rents are going back to what it was five years ago. I'm seeing some landlords, and these are just small landlords who have the financial flexibility to do this. Uh, I know of one where they dropped the rent to the greater of 50% of what it was right. or 10% of gross revenues. Wow. Okay. Well, right now, you're sitting here, and, and, and I'm an optimist. The, 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 I wear rose-colored glasses. They're tainted with a little something called reality. But right now, if you told me that in the food and beverage industry in New York City, and, and including the five boroughs, that we own, only mm -hmm. lost 25%, meaning don't reopen, I'd be happy at that. And that's a horrible thing to right. say. That's a lot of vacancy. That is. You know, so, yeah, and, and it, 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 what's going to flow from that is bad. You know, listen, as a landlord, I don't want to commit to anything right now, okay? I want my tenants to say, listen, if, if, if I give you this, mm -hmm. okay, great, okay, will you say yes? And then I can go to my lender for that. But it's all over the board. The fact that percentage rents and having, you know, basically – equity relationships between landlords and tenants, I see that potentially coming. I'm hearing a lot about it. I'm seeing a lot about it. I've had conversations with tenants and landlords about it. So it, it's, it's pretty interesting what is going on out there. That'll be, that'd be, and I've seen some discussion on that. That'd be a real, 
shift in the industry. I mean, if all of a sudden, like you said, landlords and tenants and lenders were now all partners. And like you said, it's a percentage rent scenario. It raises all sorts of questions as far as you know, financeability, security of the cash flow. How do you underwrite it? You know, it's not, it's not, it's not major. It's not moving a mountain. It's moving the Rocky mountains, you know, and the Appalachians and throw, throw them all in there. It's, it would change the whole dynamic. How does a bank underwrite that? Out of if I'm buying, I'm doing due diligence. You know, there's no pencil for that. Okay, it may, can, you know. the, it may even change the investor pool. I mean, it's you know we've seen a lot of these 1031 buyers, buy you know, particularly the single tenant deals, but even you know the building yeah. properties you referred to in New York. That if you can't gauge out the cash flow, does the mom and pop investor, or the guy you know that's in a 1031, do they buy these deals any longer? It's going to be interesting to. To see how this all evolves. Well, there's there's no doubt. And I, I I I foresee there being potentially an answer, you know, partially an answer to one of your questions before, there being a lot of shorter term leases, mm -hmm. which means listen, as as a broker, you're gonna have to work that much harder for your money because you're not getting as much much now. Okay. And then you're gonna have to sit there to try and retain your client. And I, I listen, the bottom line is, uh, I think there's going to be an adjustment where a lot of people who are comfortable right now are going to become newly appointed members of the middle class. Mm -hmm. And those who have the dry powder to invest and are opt opportunistic, a lot of that happened in 2010 and 11. The people who had the dry powder, you know, we're going to do very well. You have a lot of lenders who, you know, who are portfolio lenders, they don't want defaulting loans or loans in distress, or however you want to describe them, on their balance sheet. They're going to start, you know, selling them comes the fall, and people are going to be able to pounce on that there. It's, it's, it's going to be a major shift in the industry. And at the end of the day, listen, you know, I'm not telling anything that, anything that people don't know already. 2008-9, you knew it wasn't if, it was when, okay, things were going to get better. Uh, now, it's the unknown, and people's social behaviors are changing. And, are you and, seeing a significant? I mean, you're in you're in the epicenter. I hate to say that, yeah. but I mean, you're in New York City. I don't know if you are you are you sitting right now in Manhattan or? No, I, we have we, you know our major offices in Manhattan. We're L.A., Manhattan, and out on Melville, Long Island. And I'm going to neither of the offices. Where where, where are you? You're you're in your I'm home. Sitting, right now. I'm sitting in the rough and not so tumble hills of Woodbury, New York. In okay, New York. gotcha. So in the city, are you seeing dramatic changes? I mean, do you, you feel like you're seeing some true changes going forward? Yeah, listen, right now, you know, we're talking about ramping up and reopening, but New York is talking about doing it in four phases, and the third phase is going to be for restaurants. And there's certain benchmarks that they're trying to tie it to as to, you know, deaths declining for X amount of days, you know, hospitalizations related to COVID, et cetera. And based upon, and, and, and it's a guesstimate, I'm, I'm thinking that Cuomo's talking about restaurants being late June, early July. Wow. Try and, try and negotiate as a landlord or a tenant rental relief when the banks aren't playing, okay? And you're not getting forbearance on your mortgage, okay? Or, you know, listen, you know, do you sit there and listen, a lot of, you know, mortgages provide to a landlord, they set up reserves, you know, based on the stacking plan of a building when that, when, you know, they're going to need to have a brokerage commission paid or a TI allowance, et cetera, you know, we're asking some banks, you know, can we play with that money right now? Yeah. It's, 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 it's really, it, it's, it's the wild, wild west. And I think a lot of tenant advocates are pushing the envelope. Okay. Uh, and although I represent probably two to one, 
tenants to landlords these days. If you heard me on those, the webinars I did, the six, you might think I'm pro-landlord. Listen, I'm a landlord by training, okay, but that's not who I represent primarily now. But listen, how do you negotiate, Barry? You put yourself on the sh in the shoes of the person sitting on the other side of the table. What makes them hot? What makes them not? How can I give them, you know, make them feel that they did okay, you know, the happy, sad compromise. And that, that's what this is all about right now. Right. Yeah. Well, we were talking again before we hit the record button. I mean, this is really, this is not anybody's fault. Um, and, and it really is about creating, as you were saying before, it's a win. You've, you've got to create a win-win. It's got to be mutually beneficial. And in reality, it's a scenario where everybody probably feels a little pain. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit more than a little pain. And that's, yeah. that's <laughs> just, trying to be delicate. Yeah, you know, listen, yeah you're I, right. I, you're all right. I, yeah, listen, I'm not that I'm the man on the street because I'm far from it, but, you know, my wife continually reminds me that I'm not 17 anymore, and I still go to, I had tickets to about eight shows, concerts over the next few months. I have season tickets, you know, partial to a lot of the teams, you know, in New York. It's like, I can't even imagine going to any event, you know, in 2020. Wow. As far as, you know, listen, fortunately, my wife is an unbelievable cook and I work in restaurants for 11 years. So we're, we're surviving here. Yeah. But it's like right now, Curb, you know, it's like I'm not curbing my enthusiasm. Curb, curbside is in. And when right now, as these, listen, they relax in different parts of the country, such as Georgia, Texas, the rules as far as opening up. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, whether there was a restriction or not, the places were empty. You can't, or if there is a 25% mandate, you can't survive on 25%. You can't survive on 50%. You know, I think the, the working number is you need, you know, ballpark 60 to 70% occupancy to pay your bills. The margins are small enough when it comes to food and beverage. Okay. You know, listen, and here, like a lot of people are getting by and, and getting by, everyone has a definition, just selling, you know, to go alcohol. Like, not that the streets of New York are becoming like bourbon streets, you know, mm -hmm. during Mardi Gras, but my understanding last weekend in different parts of town, people just, because it was nice, it was in the 70s here. Okay. And I think it reached 80 one day. Um, today is probably 50, 55 below, but, you know, uh, the norm. But the point is, people were out and people were, you know, were basically doing their own version of pub crawls. Okay, so literally just the outside going, you know, getting drinks, maybe appetizers or whatever. Yeah, yeah well, the, I, the idea is it's, it's just takeout and it's, it's on the go. It's party on the go, eat on the go. When, when you're talking about in the urban centers here, it's like, out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like the bubble boy from Seinfeld out here. You know, you're, you're taking in and, you know, listen, it's one thing and we haven't done it yet, having another, another couple over and sitting 10 feet apart in my backyard, you know, and having drinks and, you know, everyone bring your own or whatever. But um, it's changing as to the way you know, restaurants are going to be. If, like right now, if you've read it, because it pertains, although I'm going to mention something about office, it totally pertains to retail. If they're going to do staggered shifts with offices and they're all going to be off days, like half the crew comes in today, half tomorrow, and then you're going to have the people who don't want to get on public transportation, which is the way most people get to work in the five boroughs. Right. You know, think about that impact on the restaurant industry. Right. 
and taking out, you know, it's going to be, unfortunately, and listen, life's a marathon, it's not a sprint, but this marathon is, you know, especially for those in, in retail and food and beverage, you know, especially, it's going to be a, a marathon where people are, are, are not walking backwards, but crawling backwards. And it's, and it's all about survival, you know, it's a Grateful Dead tune, we will get by, we will survive, and that's you know, how a lot of people, including myself, are getting by. I'm um, stuck. You didn't let me down. I was waiting for the musical. If anybody, if you, you've got to listen to Larry's podcast, it's littered in a very positive way. And I'm not even a music guy, so these are way over my head, but it's littered with those sort of references that are fantastic. And so, you thank I appreciate that, but it's, but it's just, it's, it is like, you know, listen, to say that we're all in this together is an understatement. And I use like a Martin Luther King line, you know, we all came in on different ships, but we're all in the same boat now. It's getting everyone to believe that, okay? As far as the negotiation on how we're going to, you know, deal with this. But, you know, the thing that's, you know, scared me, because I was talking to one, you know, one of my associates today is how we have to start revising our landlord's leases, you know, and playing with the percentage rent language. But more so, listen, we're putting in, you know, COVID-type language now. Right. You know, we're, we're, we're speaking to brokers and saying, hey, listen, you have to have language in your, in your LOIs where the playing field is set that, that deals with, with COVID, pandemics. You know, if I can't get, you know, for example, you know, the building department issued me a permit. If I can't get them out there to inspect, you know, the list goes on, you know, that we need to be protected. We need a tolling of the free rent period if, you know, if it's on retail, okay, or even office as well. You know, it's, there's, there's so many tentacles that flow off of this. And listen, a lot of the bigger firms are doing a great job as far as, you know, I know Marcus and Millage has put something out there, you know, and the Cushmans and the CBREs of the world has to, this is, this is, the, this is the toolkit for COVID-19. You know, I'm, I'm seeing that, you know, for example, you know, there are people who are recommending as far as going back to work and, and into restaurants taking temperature, okay, uh, which is you know, pretty wild, you know, and uh, on the office sector, hiring a nurse to have a, you know, a wellness director. I mean, it's going that far, and that impacts, that impacts retail. Everything that flows from office, if there's less people there, if it's more of a hassle, you have less people who are buying and flexing their, their financial might, so to speak. I you know, do. You mentioned as far as the temperature check, there's definitely changes coming, and I, but I equate it to there's a pre-9-11 world, which obviously you're in New York, so this is very personal to you, and there's a post-9-11 world. And I equate it to right now, if you were to go to the airport, there's no security checkpoint or it's very half-assed for lack of a way to put it. Nobody checks your ID. You walk up to the gate. There's no security hardly whatsoever. You probably wouldn't be very comfortable getting on that plane. And it may be that in two or three years, we're going to look back and you remember that day you we could go in a restaurant or a retail establishment and nobody took your temperature? That was so, I would never do that now. And that we, we may be to that point. That may be where we are in a couple of years. Oh, listen. There's a world. Oh, listen, after 9-11, like, you know, and for, you know, and for a significant period of time, whether it's, you know, six months or two years, you were like that first you know, initial period, you're like, oh, this is such a hassle. When's it going to go back to when it was? And the bottom line is it didn't. Okay. This is just something that we're going to have to accept. But from the standpoint of survival, you know, and it's like, you know, I will survive, you know, it's kind of tough. You know, when you're sitting there as a restaurateur, when you're operating on such slim margins as is, to have all these other things that are, you know, 
that are thrown at you. Like, you know, I talk about, you know, remember something. People, a lot of people are forgetting now, you know, is that a lot of retail was not doing well pre-COVID. Okay. And, and was stumbling. You were fighting that whole, you know, the whole brick and mortar versus e-commerce thing. Now when they're talking about it, so it was always about how do I create the experience? I refer to it as the Jimmy, as in Jimi Hendrix and the experience. <laughs> how, you know, have you ever been experienced? Yes, I have. The experience now has to fold in life, health, and safety. You're going to have to be able to promote confidence you know, as, as a restaurateur, as a dry retailer that, hey, we can come into the place. What are you doing as far as social distancing? Just as far as going into a dressing room, it is absolutely nuts. If you, you could go crazy if you read all the, the things that are out there and what, you know, listen, these, these toolkits that, that all the big brokerage firms primarily are putting together and some of the architectural firms as to the new office, the new restaurant, it's unbelievable knowledge. Kudos out to everybody. It's all going to change. I mean, even but this. But how it's all going to factor in, like we, we all throw it into our analytical blender and it's like, okay, let's see where it goes. Yeah. No, there's a lot of changes forthcoming. I mean, as simple as, you know, probably never going to see a ketchup bottle on the table again. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I like the little packets though, but I hear yeah. you. I think I do one last quick question or curious because we're we've been seeing capital flowing out of New York to to Florida for the last several years, frankly, just some governmental changes in New York and people there has been a you know movement of both capital and people out of New York into other you know the south the sun belt largely are you sensing even more of that with with everything people just cooped up in the city? The density, I mean you see I mean New Yorkers are tough and you're in New York I, I know, but you know what it's like if you know, for people who are in their late 20s, early 30s, and, and have gotten past the word commitment, meaning they, get, they, they have or are getting married soon, or they have gotten married recently, and they had a five-year plan before they were moving out, I think that plan has been accelerated in a big way. You know, someone like me who's been doing this for a while, and at the end of the day, like, listen, we don't, I don't live in, I don't have a place in the city, okay, but I have an office there, and that's where I am primarily. You know, does it matter if I'm sitting with what I do? If I'm sitting in Long Island, Salt Lake City, okay, you know, doesn't. You know who I am already. You know what I'm, what what you're getting from me. So a lot of people, I think, like me, are aren't. If they were planning on now, their empty nest is moving into the city. Those plans may be put on hold. If I had a place in the city, yeah, maybe I'm moving out. You know, it's maybe I'm moving. Yeah, because well, it, it is impacting. You know, you, uh, listen, and it's. I, I think more in the office sector. I think a lot of firms are going to get. You know. You know, the equivalent of disaster type of places just in case smaller offices so this they're, they're saving money on rent i think there's going to be a wash on that sector as to having to spread out more social distance but then you know having people work remotely but but i see that a lot of money is coming out of new york uh, the residential market is picked up on long island and the burbs in a big way wow. and that's so listen it, it may help retail on long island Right. But, right, but right now, I mean, like one of the, I read something the other day about one of, what one of the chambers of commerce uh, heads said, and that is like, we can plan on retail for snowstorms, we can plan on, you know, for the cyclical times of year when we're making money and we're not making money. We can't plan for when the government says to us, you can't open your doors. Yeah. We never, this was not in anybody's books, anybody's playbooks at all. And it's interesting. I mean, even my kids are 18 and 20, and I know so many, you know, 20 something year olds that 
their plan is to go to, you know, was go to New York. There's, I think there's a song, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I've heard that once or twice. Yeah, and there's so many folks that, you know, again, 22-year-olds that graduate college, it seems like they all either are going to New York or Nashville. And you know, do those, do they go to New York now? And I don't, I don't, this is, it's going to be interesting to, to track and see how this does impact the city. And uh, I'm, I definitely don't see a mass exodus by any stretch, but it, it probably does have some impact on the economy there. Yeah, listen, it's still the greatest place in the world, but I could say in the short term, I can tell you like one of my, I have four sons and two of them are in real estate, one left in the recent past. And one, uh, the one who works with me, who lives, you know, in Brooklyn, um, I'm not a fan of him getting, nor is he, of getting on the subway in the foreseeable yeah. future. Yeah. How does that impact so many things listen it's good for retail and food and beverage in brooklyn okay but it's going to take it out of out of out of new york and i think a lot of that's going to be happening you know and it's uh you know it, i think i think it's basically listen you know not that you know the adage you know truth is stranger than fiction you know makes for good reading and entertainment but i think you know what's going to happen over the coming months and i think it's going to be many um it's going to be very telling because i think it's going to shape the future you know, and, I, and I'm sitting here doing workouts essentially what seems like all day long, you know. Not that there's any close to it, you know, but I spend my days talking landlords and tenants off the ledge. Well, keep yeah. doing what you're doing. You're doing some great work. Um, you've got a phenomenal podcast. You throw out some phenomenal webinars, great education. What's the best way for folks to get more of Larry? Because there's uh, tremendous knowledge. Going on to leasingreality.com, our law firm is, a, is agmblaw.com, but going on to that, and but Leasing Reality has a treasure trove of knowledge. It's subscription-based, but there is an inordinate amount of information that's for free, including the podcast, including the webinars. There's little cheat sheets as it relates to dealing with the distress that we're all going through right now. You've got some great checklists on there. You really do. No, I appreciate that. So, yeah, and I was working on it for about 30, 35 years. I just didn't know about it until three, four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much, Larry. Um, it's great catching up with you. Okay, you too, my friend. Keep up the great work. You're doing amazing. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, bud.